Well, this being the last day I can say it, Merry Christmas. We're still in the Christmas season. We still have the Christmas decorations up. And if you don't have your Christmas decorations up, well, that's between you and God, but uh, you gotta figure that out for yourselves. This gospel, brothers and sisters, is my second favorite story in all of the gospels. I absolutely love just playing with this, and I've talked about Lexio Divina, Lexio Divina before in homilies, but to just enter into this scripture passage is one of my favorite things to go back in prayer. And that really became a reality for me in my second year of theology. I was over in Rome, and at that point in seminary, you've been in formation for several years. For me, it was my fifth year in formation. And as you get towards the end of that year, you're looking at potentially being a deacon in a little over a year. Priesthood is about two years away. It's a big time. And they ask you at that seminary to have a presumption of permanence, to write a document that essentially says discernment on my end is over. Now, obviously, the Lord can call people in different directions uh, leading up to ordination, but from that standpoint, they ask you, if you need some more time, that's fine, but right here, uh, we're going to ask you to make this kind of written statement to send to the bishop to tell us as faculty. And that's like a, that's a big deal. I don't know if I've presumed permanence about anything in my entire life, let alone like my vocation of getting ordained. So there's a little, little young 20s freaking out going on, uh, quarter life crisis. Like, is this what God is calling me to do? Is this what he wants me to do for the rest of my life? So I was like freaking out. I was talking to the vocation director and talking to priests who I respected at the seminary. And, you know, they have a priest on staff who kind of just tends to obviously our spiritual needs as all the priests do, but he's really a master in psychology and just kind of helping us go through uh, just different things. And so I, I had a meeting with him, like, this is what I'm praying with. This is what's going on. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready to make this statement. I think I'm worse than I was five years ago, let alone ready to be ordained anytime soon. He's like, come calm, let's settle down. It's going to be okay talking to me and he, it was like I don't know if you ever seen Goodwill Hunting but that scene between Robin Williams and Matt Damon where he's like it's not your fault I'm like I know it's not my fault it was like a really and it was a beautiful thing don't laugh at me <laughs> but this was this passage that he sent me to this was the passage that he gave me to pray with he said you're never you're never going to be ready to get ordained but I just want you to sit with the reality of this passage. I prayed with it, oh, okay, that's fine. He's like, no, I want you to beat Jesus in this scene. Okay. So you go and you get baptized and you come out of the water and this dove comes and hovers over the water and the Trinity in a real way is revealed to us for one of the first times in all of human history that we have God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ and God the Father saying to us, which is what we have realized through baptism, that we become a part of the royal family, that we become adopted sons and daughters of God, and God the Father says to us in a real way through baptism, you are my beloved child, you're my beloved daughter, you're my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is the reality. It's so easy to forget. Because while sometimes we can be easy on ourselves, we're also our harshest critics. Many times we sit in these pews and we may think to ourselves, I don't know if I'm like really worthy of God's love. I don't know 
if he can actually forgive me for what I've done. I don't know if, it, yeah, he I know he died on the cross, but was that, was that for me? Probably everybody else, but not me. And really what that comes down to is a sense of pride and just total lack of understanding of who God is. That he not only became a human being to close the chasm between us as humanity and himself, but he gave us a church, something tangible. He gave us the sacraments as an unbelievably real way for us as human beings to receive the love of God, to receive his life, to have his grace enter into our lives on a weekly basis and even on a daily basis if we want to through the reception of our Lord in the Eucharist. Through going through to confession and allowing ourselves to be humbled before God where all we're saying is, God, I want to receive more of your life, more of your grace into my life, and my own imperfection is keeping me from receiving the love that you so freely want to give me. You've heard me say this probably over a dozen times. As a deacon, as a priest in this church, yet, brothers and sisters, as always, I'm talking to myself. It's so easy to forget the reality of this situation. It's so easy to take for granted what we're experiencing today in this church. The source of all our desires, that which we were created for, is sitting in this golden tabernacle. And not only that is a reality for us, not only is that a reality for all the people in this parish community, Christian, Catholic, or whatever people believe, that is the answer to our questions. And I'm not saying that as Catholics, we're better than anyone else. I'm not saying that we have uh, a, a privilege that others are not open to. I'm saying that this is what we were created for. And yes, it is easy to take for granted, but at the same time, what we are privileged to experience through receiving the Eucharist, so many people in our lives have no idea that this is the answer to which they're searching. I try to keep up with different preachers, different theologians. I love Father Barron. I listen to his homily every week. But this last week I discovered uh, an evangelical preacher. And I don't usually listen to Protestant pastors, nothing against them, it's just there's not enough time in the day to listen to all the good stuff out there. And while there are you know, beautiful ways that people love Christ, you know, obviously I'd, I'd like to take directly from the source, directly from the fountain that is the truth that the Catholic Church gives us, but there's this preacher out in California, his name is Francis Chan. And he's been on a journey and I kind of discovered him this last week. And he gave a, a sermon last week. His sermons are on YouTube, and it was called The Importance of Communion. It's like 45 minutes long. Can you imagine if I preached for 45 minutes? You guys would be freaking out. <laughs> and he's discovering some of those truths that I'm talking about right now. Because when he, when he would read scriptures, 
There were certain things that would cause problems in his heart. There were realities that he saw in the early church and reading the Acts of the Apostles that we take for granted. Like Peter in the house of Cornelius today talking about some beautiful understandings of what God's relationship to all peoples in this earth. And what did they do when they got together? They would break bread. They would follow the words of Christ when he would say, do this in memory of me. Those same words we say on this altar. And you would see the devotion that the early church had to the body of Christ. Now, as many of you probably know, most of our brothers and sisters, well, not most, all of them who follow Christ, they believe that what we, what we call the body of Christ is just a symbol. Maybe some of you even struggle with that because it's a bold claim to, to say that a piece of bread created the entire universe. That's a big claim. You should wrestle with it. But he's wrestling with it. Why is there this devotion to a piece of bread? Why was it the corner of their liturgy, of their coming together? And, he, and he's struggling with it. So he went to where? He went to the early church fathers and started to study what those who knew Christ well by just proximity thought this bread was. And he was shocked to find out what they believed, that it was the body of Christ, that it was the most important part of their entire week. Because there was a sense of lacking when the body was not together. And that I mean you guys, us, together. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are only a part unless we are together here. And it's in that fullness and that receiving of the Eucharist that truly allows us to participate in what's going on right now in heaven. And he saw that they realized that as a reality. And of course, what he was experiencing was, was tradition, that we're not only sacred scripture, but that those who followed Christ at those early stages, we can read them, we can understand them, and they can, they can change our understandings of the faith. So he's sharing what he's finding with his, with his parishioners. These are Protestants. They're not in communion with us. And he's explaining Catholic beliefs without even knowing it. He's not Catholic. I think he's going to become Catholic. He's getting pretty close. He's more Catholic than, unfortunately, a lot of Catholics are in the United States. We'll get there in a second. But he understands things such as the importance of communion, the importance of what it means to come together. You know, a couple years ago, there was this whole trend on my generation, the millennials, of how we don't need a church, but I'm going to follow Jesus through who I am. What a load of hogwash that is. This understanding that it's really uh, just a mirror of reflection of who we are as Americans. This individualistic understanding of I am a complete and total free person who can act on my own. No. That's a false understanding of what freedom is. We need each other. I need you. You all need each other. And for some crazy reason, you know, you've got the priest here with you acting in persona Christi. 
This understanding, brothers and sisters, that we are only a part. But when we come together, this is what it's supposed to be. And again, this is not just for us as Catholics, but this is the reality for all of our brothers and sisters. Catholics who may not be here this weekend for whatever reason, our Christian brothers and sisters, and everyone. Because as St. Peter said in the second reading, God knows, shows no partiality. But to each and every person who's ever been created, he was created to have a relationship in the fullness of the truth with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says to them, whether they know it or not, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. And he gave us this church, he gave us these sacraments so that we can experience his life and our life to the fullness. And the question is, do we live that out? Do we understand the gifts that God has given us? And I'll answer for myself, no. Am I open to the way that the Holy Spirit wants to use me to bring the gospel to this parish and the people he puts in my life? I'm working on it, but it's not, it's not to the level that he expects of me. It's not to the level where I should be up at night wondering why there are some of the body who are not here today. This is just a part. And the fact that you're here, we're all, we're all made better because of it. That when you're here at Sunday Mass, we all benefit. And for whatever reason, when people aren't, there's a lacking. So what do we do? We live in 2020, when for the first thousand years there was one church, and then the left lung broke away from the right, and 500 years later there was another break, and all of a sudden there was a lack of understanding of what it meant to come together as one. And now the reality is when we are more separated than ever, when there are over 30,000 groups and churches who claim to follow Christ and to whatever truth they find themselves in, we are a total lack of communion. And we should be up at night asking the Holy Spirit to work through us to, to, to heal the wounds. And again, I'm not saying that we're better than anyone else. I'm just saying that there are people in our life, loved ones, People like Francis Chan, who are starting to realize what goes on here, and it's changing their life. The Holy Spirit wants to use us to increase that type of good reality in our culture. When the church is, is broken, and that's when the Holy Spirit starts to really show up. So I propose to you when we receive communion in a few short minutes, to ask the Holy Spirit to break open your heart, to make you a child again, and want to learn more about your faith, to want to be engaged in this community, and want to make a difference in this dark world by allowing the light of Christ to improve people's lives.
take another step in understanding the reality that when you receive communion, God is saying to each and every one of you, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased.